podcast where I, Lydia, and I, Ashna, open up the conversation on sustainability to inform and empower. We want to connect real people to topics they care and are curious about, but without the jargon or BS. Mm. Join us as we chat about all things sustainability related and how they intersect with our daily lives. From eating out to what we wear, to the latest technology and more. And we're also going to bring in some really cool guests doing cool things for people and the planet. Hello, welcome back. Hello. Uh, Today we're going to be talking all about transport, that very sexy topic. (laughs) (laughs) I I was telling Ashton, like, um, say, shall we do transport? And Ashton was like, yeah, sure. She's like, I've done transport for today's episode. I was like, great. (laughs) Let's talk about buses. (laughs) (laughs) But it can be exciting because... Whether it's our commute or a weekend trip, transport is very exciting if it's a weekend trip, or traveling abroad, um, we all depend on it to get us from A to B. So I guess that's kind of why we wanted to um, address this. Um, And according to WWF's carbon footprint calculator, um, travel makes up about 35% of the average person's environmental footprint. So that's like pretty significant um so we just wanted to really think about um what can we do to minimize our impact in a realistic way 35 percent is so high i didn't even realize that like if you say did something half as you know more sustainable Mm. that's a huge chunk just cut right out yeah yeah Um, Yeah, so I guess, you know, in this episode, we really want to cover, you know, some of the the issues behind it. You know, everyone knows about the carbon emissions, but maybe playing up some of the options, like what is the difference between A versus B? Um, Mm. And then also, you know, what are what's the industry doing about it? What's the government doing about it? And lastly, what can we do about it? Um, You Mm. know, there are certain things that actually are quite interesting to talk about in this topic. Yeah, we thought... (laughs) Oh, this is such a dry topic. But then when you look into it, it's actually like, oh, there's actually a lot you can do. And really I think like- you're really excited about this episode. Me less so. Um, yeah, things like, you know, how can you offset your your flights? We've, we've actually spoken to a lot of guests who have, have shed quite a, an interesting light about how that's possible. Mm. Um and surprisingly enough, you know, when we do speak to the guests and, and some of you from your comments, a lot of you have said, you know, transport, you know, it's it sucks when you've got to fly places and you're just guilty about all those carbon emissions, whether you're, you're going on a holiday or, mm. you know, an unavoidable trip for work. It's still something yeah. that you sometimes can't get around. Yeah. So it's nice to think about, you know, options which are realistic mm. and, you know, help us to feel less guilty. Um And we also did a challenge this week. So we thought about offsetting on that topic, um, uh, offsetting our flights. So I'm going on holiday in November and going to fly there. So I just did a bit of a look into how to offset that journey. And we also thought about um, how we could reduce our impact in our day to day Mm -hmm. in terms of transport. Um, so what are a few of our quick wins, I suppose? Yeah, and just, I guess, realistic wins. You know, those that have to travel quite far. You're not obviously going to walk to, to work or if you can, great. Um, but yeah, some of the quick wins that we just put our heads towards and, and thought of. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, switch. Switch, switch moments. moments. Yeah, so um, as we do every week, I'll switch moments where we um, either switch on or switch off. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, and I guess also before we dive into ours, want to say thank you for those that sent in yours yeah. from last week's episode or I guess two weeks ago's episode on mm. um, the makeover sustainable beauty we got really great feedback from that episode so do share them in a lot of quick wins that you guys sent us on cool beauty products you're using face cleansers all that kind of stuff so do continue to send them in um but yeah i guess uh, on my switch moment um Mm -hmm. it isn't necessarily a switch on switch off but something i wanted to talk to you about okay so i've written down my notes this time (laughs) prepared prepared finally wine the topic of wine um i know we we want to touch upon this one of my best friends is a sommelier so she will probably be on the future episode talking all about wine Mm. but um i guess it's something that that people overlook when it comes to sustainability and i say people i mean myself um Mm. And the reason being is, you know, the wine industry, there's so much, you know, that goes into it. But I, I just feel like I constantly overlook the environmental impacts of, yeah. of the industry, of wine, of the wines I choose. When I mm. purchase so many things nowadays, I think about the sustainability side, you know, beauty, yeah. skincare, um, you know, transport, all of these different things I put my money into. I do think about the sustainability, but... Mm what I'm consuming on the, the beverage side of things on, on wine, maybe less so um, than I, than I should. Yeah. So on this, um, just thought it was really interesting. So, so thought about this topic for a little bit and just did some research on, you know, what is, what's the issues with wine? Um, a lot of it being pesticides, the packaging, um, from there, you know, other things that go into it, you know, how the land is used, the, the carbon emissions, the water, all of that, yada, yada, yada. But um, thought it was quite interesting to see different countries have a, a kind of stance on wine. And did you mm. know, like, a lot of the European countries are less sustainably focused. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, France being one of the largest producers of wine, Mm. a lot of their wine have heavy pesticides that Mm. you know aren't really factored in when people are purchasing their wines i guess that makes sense because if you are having to pump out a lot of product like france is for example Mm -hmm. then you're gonna have to look to like unsustainable methods of meeting that demand yeah yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, I'll get it from France because it's close, it's less yeah. carbon emissions um, versus California, which is a little bit further. However, California is now committing to, well, a quarter of their wine is certified sustainable. Really? All of That's California. And in 2019, Sonoma is trying to state that they're the first 100% of sustainable wine region. Hmm. Which is great. Like, that's a huge wine region committing to being 100% sustainable. Yeah. So, you know, it is kind of that trade-off. Oh, do I go for something that's certified organic but or certified sustainable but mm. in California or something from France? Yeah. 
Interesting. Anyway, summarizing, because I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. Um, my question for you from my research okay. is, what do you think, and this is a big, like, this is all over the news, well, not the news, but research. What is more mm. sustainable, boxed wine mm. or classic wine that comes in a glass bottle? And the box wine, think about, like, the whole box of it. It's probably like right. a three-liter box of wine comes in that plastic pouch with that plastic little nozzle in the box. A glass bottle is 750 milliliters. So the two products, mm, mm. what do you think just is more sustainable yeah. in terms of packaging or just, just like... generally, like... Um, I mean, I, I would like instinctively go with the bottled wine is more sustainable mm-hmm. just because... Glass is obviously recyclable, um, but that's really the only reason I'm saying that. <laughs> Wrong, which really? is what, exactly what I thought. I had this debate with a colleague, actually, a couple of days ago, and I was like, no, the glass, it has to be the glass. Boxed wine is actually way more sustainable because the there's a couple of reasons, but how you actually transport it, you can easily stack up those boxes and then the main reason is the weight of the glass glass Mm. is a lot heavier to ship so when you are shipping it you've got a glass that also you needs to be protected um you can get less wine from place a to b so an average journey of a bottle of wine going from sonoma to new york city is double the journey of a one bottle versus or double the carbon emissions than a box really of three liters yeah Wow, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, fun fact. We will dive into this topic later before I make the trans... I'm hijacking this transport episode. Yeah, I was going to say, are you trying to turn this into a wine episode? Because that's not what we're doing. But that that is a fun fact, right? Yeah, I guess. And, oh, also, another fun fact. Okay. Hijacking this episode. Um, A third of the wine, the glass... A third of the glass bottles that come in in those glass bottles are recycled. One oh, third. Yeah. That's good. No, that's bad. Wait, like that means oh, a like, third are recycled after. Yeah, yeah. I thought you yeah. meant a third of the bottles that we buy are, no, no, are recycled. No, no, that's the way we should be going. Okay. Okay, go on. Your switch on, <laughs> switch off. I'm, I'm done talking here. <laughs> Interesting though, that is. Um, yeah, um, so mine this week is I found... A little um, kind of corner shop. I don't know what you call it, like a grocery store, um, just down the road from me. And you know those kind of outdoor veg and fruit stalls that they have mm-hmm. outside those shops. Sometimes um, I don't usually really think about using them for the fruit and veg um, because I don't know why. But for some reason, because they're sitting outside, I kind of don't trust it as as much which Mm -hmm. is just like a silly assumption um because it might not be clean you know i don't even know really where that assumption comes from Mm -hmm. um but yeah recently i actually went in and i looked at the i looked at the produce and it was really like high quality stuff and it was not in its plastic wrap you know tomatoes or anything it was you could just select what you wanted put it in a paper bag and then go and pay for it so I actually yeah I'm gonna start doing that more often now 
because it's really easy yeah. it's just down my road yeah and that's like also think about the the journey yeah segueing to transport you know a few <laughs> steps down the road versus a bus or a yeah. train or a plane yeah exactly so and I also find those things, the produce are pretty local, um, mm, like when it yeah. is like your local things, because they don't want to pay the high prices for yeah. your passion fruit or, or whatever. And you think, oh, it's, um, you know, a, it's a convenience store. It's not going to, they're not going to care about like locally sourcing mm-hmm. or whatever, because it's not on their priority list. But actually, they, they can do. surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So transport. Yeah. I suppose we're initially just wanted to dissect what the issue is with this Mm -hmm. because there's low we all know aviation is bad but what about the other forms of transport what where do they each rate in in like a sustainability scale and how do you decide what to do what's the size of the impact of each of them Mm -hmm. let's actually just hash that out yeah i guess like for me you always hear about trains being the way you know like for for me when I went to Scotland you know for a work trip I took the train and I was like yes I took a train so much better Mm. than a plane but is it actually Mm -hmm. like yeah um yeah yeah is the answer I mean yeah yeah pretty much definitely like flights are the worst thing pretty much okay so we've got planes top of our list yeah so I think like 2.4% of global energy related carbon emissions is caused by aviation. So if it was a country, aviation would be the sixth biggest emitter in the world. So it's pretty big. Yeah. And what was not food as waste? big as food waste, the third. Food, yeah. But so that would be the third biggest emitter. Third, yeah. Food waste is third. Transport, I guess, is six. six. Still, so that's, that's insane. Kind of shocking, isn't it? Because you would think, oh, um, a plane is going to be way more than me wasting a bag of carrots for a lifetime. Mm. But no, interesting food waste. Sexier See, this topic. Is, this is what this is the kind of facts that you get from Switch. Okay. <laughs> Aviation knowledge. Woohoo! <laughs> Dropping listeners by the second right now. <laughs> anyways um Um, yeah and i guess trains um looking at it for like for like per mm. passenger um i really don't know like what a megajoule even means yeah it's kind of like if someone was like oh you it's almost like how i felt when people were like oh you're saving five grams of co2 per minute and you're like right cool what does that mean how does that translate into actual like damage or whatever yeah yeah i know so yeah there's the stat which is like 1.6 megajoules of energy per passenger per kilometer for trains versus 1.85 for aircraft so it's a small difference it's like an extra 0.2 megajoules but it's like what does that mean i'd be like what does that that mean in terms of yeah i don't know i'll take the plane then if it's only (laughs) (laughs) 0.2 because yeah. this is not the point of this conversation mm, yeah um i mean trains can use renewable energy i'm not sure what in the uk whether like, how how many trains use renewable energy 
but it is a possibility. Um, and they can be quite efficient because they can obviously transport loads of passengers, like hundreds and hundreds at a time. So if you're looking to travel internationally, like with it, within Europe, say, or within the States, it is quite an efficient way to travel because, and it's, and it's realistic. It's kind of like doable as well. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone recently and they said they now only take business trips by train into Europe because they try and make it um, efficient in terms of time as well because they often are visiting a couple of places in Europe so they'll just train mm-hmm. between rather than fly and just do that as their default yeah. and then if they need to fly then they will but well look at Greta Thunberg are you following her right now on Instagram she's like yeah. training across Europe oh really just to like have different that. speaks and or different talks because she doesn't believe in planes yeah it's good. Go her. I know. Um, yeah. And also, like, from a train perspective, you know, you can use the Wi-Fi and you can yeah. get up and you can have a little stroll. And Yeah, I love trains for that. You can actually kind of get on with things and there's not the whole waiting at this, you know, in the in the airport at the start and at the end, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a bit more immediate. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, interesting fact... Um, well, I think it's interesting, which is that the emissions from trains are less damaging than those from planes because planes are in the upper atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so interesting. that means all of those emissions are immediately in the atmosphere. And like one layer closer to the ozone. Exactly. You yeah. know, like you've got the atmosphere to buffer out the... Yeah. I wonder if... Yeah, I guess cars are the same this train yeah. so they're probably same. yeah <laughs> same. um cool um then what other options are there that we can talk about um i guess the next down would be like buses coaches yeah. all of that kind of stuff um yeah. just what because of like sheer volume of people in one yeah i guess you can get dozens of people on a on a bus and then some again can use renewable energy i know that a lot of the buses in in london are powered by their electric their hybrids mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool um do you have any other interesting bus facts for us um actually yes um <laughs> <laughs> she's really trying to lift this episode <laughs> so for a couple traveling by coach i don't know why they did it as like this this article did it as like if you're a couple i mean why to come by myself yeah exactly <laughs> i guess it's like another so if a couple is traveling by coach rather than by flying they can actually cut their emissions to up to 75 percent. i'm sure that fact would be the same as a single unit person yeah right yeah so yeah um but then i'm also like everyone everyone's gonna say this would you want to go by coach to like edinburgh or edinburgh india yeah, <laughs> I don't think you can yeah, like take you can. a exactly. So it's like, how realistic is that? Yeah, because of like the high speed, it's like you're with each of these decisions. There's a trade off. It's like, mm. okay, great, more sustainable, but it also means I'm wasting an hour of my day, uh, yeah, an hour more of my day or an entire day. Yeah, but, like for me, that one Edinburgh trip, I'm sure there was a mega bus option, but it would have been 10 hours versus five. Mm. My mental sanity, you know. Yeah. 
which we know is unstable at best times. <laughs> Ten hours on a mega bus? Holy, oh, I would have literally lose my bananas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess coach is the way to go if you have patience and perseverance and don't mind stinky toilets um yeah and don't get car sick mm-hmm. okay uh, what's after that um, um c- driving is probably the next one down um or boats but we'll come to boats so driving oh, will we <laughs> yes we will um driving is not generally thought of as an eco-friendly option but it can surprise you so ashna you and your uber trips maybe this is a something to look out for so if you're traveling in a full car so if you're sharing this is why uber pool for example is great because obviously if you're traveling in a full car you're actually relatively cutting down your personal emissions because you're sharing that journey with other Mm -hmm. people um so that that's a good way to do it um and then also obviously some cars are hybrid which again is great um or fully electric powered so that cuts down the emissions a little bit bit more as well um so yeah if you're going abroad for example like maybe try on the higher car option hybrid hire the hybrid like why not yeah You've got that option definitely and I think with hybrid cars, like people are generally incentivized because of either like government schemes that give you money back or like not paying for the fuel. Like there yeah. are incentives there, which is quite good. Yeah. Versus like the mega bus option. There's no yeah. incentives. Yeah. True. <laughs> Besides the environment, obviously. But still. <laughs> no, no, no incentives. Um, um yeah, I guess, like, on the point of driving, I think, you know, it. speaking from a place of, of being in London and also the UK, trains and buses are so easy to use. Like, you mm. can easily go from central London to, like, where your family live, which is, like, very rural, very countryside. Mm. In some parts, and where I'm from in Canada, it's so difficult to, like, there are trains in the underground and all of that exist for sure. But, like, if you're going, you know, from A to B and it's, like, a diagonal or not Mm. on a given route, it's near impossible. And, like, the distances are so far apart. Like, my average commute to work was an 80-kilometer drive. And that was what I did every single day. So it was, like... Yeah, are you really going to do that by tra- public Yeah, transport? and, like, it just didn't work because, like, you weren't connected. So, like, you know, I do agree, you know, where you can do these things great. But, yeah, things like carpooling, you know, mm. is kind of an X best where you can't, you, yeah. you don't have two hours to spend on a three-bus route. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. true. Boats. Boats. <laughs> um, so... Uh, with boats, I mean, it's probably the form of transport that I take least often. Did um, you boat to here today? No, oh. I didn't today. I mean, could have done. There is a boat link between me and Ashna's offices. offices. <laughs> but um, so, so you might think, well, boats, they're kind of a bit better than cars or, or whatever. Um I certainly do in my mind for some reason. But actually, cruise liners, for example, they have 
a higher impact than planes even yeah definitely which is kind of crazy and it goes straight into the ocean yeah the same with the plane situation you know like with cruise liners it's going right into the oceans which is going straight up into the this water cycle and Mm. you know condensation then it rains and it's the whole yeah it's a bigger issue Um, yeah yeah i guess but the perception of boats isn't that always maybe because it's like you've got this like romantic idealization of a boat and the wind and this yacht and the sailing and you know from speaking as somebody who boats and has many boating license and has sailed my whole life you know there is quite a lot of diesel that's used in motor boats even Mm. small ones of five people like yes if you're sailing that's a different story um Mm. because you're using wind um, but still, even with most yachts and sailboats, you're not actually using the wind for the whole ton. Yeah. Like there still is that engine and gas and it goes straight into the ocean. So Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and also, there's a huge thing about waste on cruise liners. So with luxury cruises, um, or any cruise really, you've got lots and lots of plastics and electricity that's needed on mm-hmm. on the actual ship um and so that's all got to go that's all got a, a cost to it in terms of energy and the plastics that you use on board are going often into the water they just chucked off off the they're getting majorly fine for that um which is actually yeah. a big issue right now even things like dumping food waste into yeah. the ocean a lot of these cruise liners are being fine there's regulations about this mm. um so yeah yeah so it is it is getting better um so yeah i guess you you can get better versions of of boats though so obviously sailing if you're using wind powder uh powder (laughs) wind power um and new boats are um made out of like really light materials and they're often painted with non-polluting paint um and they're just generally more efficient the newer the boat so Mm -hmm. it is getting better and you know maybe they'll be um boats more and more often that have biodiesel instead of um just normal diesel yeah definitely cool well i guess you know changing and shifting chip conversations to what the industry is doing about it we've Mm -hmm. given you a great definition of what a boat train flux (laughs) is Maybe too much detail. <laughs> too much detail. Um, but yeah, like, what's the bigger picture? Uh, what are what are the businesses we know doing mm. about it? Yeah. Um, I I do think you know when it comes to the government, they do play a big toll. Um, mm. Even just thinking about how they incentivize cycling and yeah. how, you know, the mayor of London has those kind of, what are they called? Like those bike stands? The Santander bikes. Yeah, like yeah. those those bikes. And I see them now more and more. I go travel and go places. There's these yeah. kind of bike docks everywhere and heavily subsidized by the government um, mm. or, or kind of taxpayers' money to upkeep them and keep them quite low cost yeah which i think is quite good also investing a lot of money in um cycling lanes mm-hmm. all of that in, in terms of road works which is quite good yeah for sure yeah there's loads that you can do um i'm actually working on something at the moment which is about creating 
um, healthy towns and obviously a large part of like sustainable transport is also linked with healthy active transport so cycling walking um, and there's a lot that planning and um, like councils can do to design mm. a town or a place in a way which encourages people to use more active forms yeah. of transport so there's definitely a lot that you can do um so i suppose it's about also about like technological change so things like electric cars and i don't know what else is that things like the the bikes that you can rent mm -hmm. and i don't know what other technology is being developed there's probably loads of things but and incentives on those things like i think mm. people need like to be fair you know if, if you're gonna say oh take a bus because you have to like no like i think people to make behavioral change you'll need some sort of incentives like the hybrid cars being able to get kind of reduced tax if you mm. have a hybrid car um making it also you know not only incentivizing but making it easy so like on my street alone in london there's like at least three or four hybrid charging stations mm. and those are all the really good parking spots and you can only park there if you've got a hybrid car so it's like yeah, yeah. rewarding people or like at a mall having those hybrid charging stations right at the front so it's like yeah Ooh. yeah like maybe you're not going to buy a car because you get a better mall parking spot but still <laughs> like it's encouraging this with good behavior not making it yeah. super inconvenient for people yeah for sure and i think in london um you you pay less or i don't i think you don't maybe pay at all the congestion charge if you if you're using an electric car mm -hmm. um yeah so there's things Definitely. like that so it's about technological change and, and incentivizing the use of that but also improving overall efficiency of the transport system so you were talking about in canada and places like that where the the public transport kind of isn't that efficient and isn't well connected mm -hmm. which can obviously discourage people from using it because Definitely. it's not, not useful um so the the design of the transport sy system itself is actually like really important so there are things which businesses are doing so um there's this group of corporations which is called the Aldersgate group and they, um, so they've got people like M&S in there and, and lots of different people. Um, and they are doing work to kind of um, create change in the economy to a more, sus more sustainable mm -hmm. um, model. And so they've done this report where they wanted to urge the government to make change in the UK. Um, so they, they specified a load of recommendations to the government, such as how you improve the efficiency of like freight transport because that's like you know if you think about you've got loads of lorries on the motorway transporting goods up and down the country mm -hmm. if you can maximize the efficiency of that you might have to do less journeys um or you can make the routes more efficient so, so that like you have pushing the, these big companies to, to yeah, actually or, or pushing the government as well to kind of legislate around that kind of thing mm -hmm. um 
Also improving connectivity of transport networks, as we were saying, um, ensuring public transport is the most attractive form of transport. So there's no use having, you know, telling people they should use cycle mm-hmm. cycling if there's no safe cycle highways. Yeah, definitely. So things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, there's a lot of things which businesses are working on persuading governments to do and also implementing themselves um and then governments um they are they do well in the uk anyway they're making like lots of changes um like london's pretty good with that yeah but i also think it's because you know it's impossible to drive in the city of london you know it's like Yes and no. Like people take a tube, people take a walk or Mm. cycle or whatever because no one's going to drive because that's not an option anymore. Yeah. So it's just a bit like, yeah, I think it is a great city for transport, but there's still more that can be done to Mm. incentivize people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, and I guess these things take time as well to mm. implement because you can't just like change yeah. a road system. Right. Yeah, overnight. exactly. But um, I think in the mayor of London's strategy, which I think came out last year, there's a high focus on like healthy streets and low carbon modes of transport. So obviously incentivizing mm-hmm. things like cycling and walking um and just making routes more accessible so i think there's that's really positive at least that that's in place mm-hmm. um and there's also a tax that's being talked about which i think we've discussed before like oh wouldn't it be great if there was a tax of carbon well there is yeah <laughs> but i feel like that's not going to ever be enforced to people like maybe businesses well, this yes. one is on flights so just this, this yeah. one is passed yeah, to yeah. consumer i have heard this one yeah yeah uh, so um yeah so a carbon charge for flights um to try and help offset is, yeah yeah um, offset or just de-incentivize flight mm. flights but i guess like moving on to to what people can do um mm. like we've kind of talked about some of the barriers around why people don't don't kind of take a, a more sustainable option like convenience cost complicatedness of it um mm. but pushing past those barriers i think it's important to understand like there's so many barriers you could probably think of like mm. oh it's just annoying oh it, it's just i don't want to have to wait like there's so many different things but mm. it's just like how can you push past that and and do something a little bit more sustainable even though it might not be the easiest option yeah for sure yeah don't focus on the barriers focus on the solutions the quick wins um so i guess if you need to fly which sometimes we do um Offset um, is a very viable option. Or there's other ways you can reduce your impact. Say you're taking a flight to go on holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, as we've learned, food waste is a huge cause of carbon emissions. So maybe on holiday you just don't re- you don't um, 
waste any food or you choose locally sourced food or you cut down your impact in other ways to kind of offset your flight in that way it's kind of like when you eat a chocolate cake and you're like oh many vegetables for the rest of my day yeah exactly (laughs) but with carbon um yeah i think like also planning i know i'm a big planner so it's easy for me to say but like spend a couple of extra minutes planning how you're going to do things you know if it is last minute and you've got to grab that uber whereas like maybe you could have left 20 minutes earlier and taken Mm. the bus that was probably right outside your door Mm. um yeah and when you're planning trips and stuff i suppose just checking out what the the local rails network is like Mm -hmm. because for example for me going on holiday i'd probably just think you know oh if if I'm going, say, from one end of the country to the other, for example, um, I'd probably say, oh, the, the easiest route is probably just to fly. But actually, if I actually looked into it, there might be a train that only takes, mm-hmm. like, five hours or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I also think on that, like, you know, reducing the amount you actually need to travel. Like, sometimes you don't need to travel all the time. Mm. Like, you know, try to move to more of, like, a Skype meeting approach at work like I don't Mm. necessarily need to have face-to-face meetings all the time with all my clients so Mm. Mm. trying to think of the reduction as well Mm -hmm. um yeah and what about like commutes as well you can definitely mix that up a bit like um if it's safe you know maybe walk one of one of the days a week that you would otherwise have driven or Mm -hmm. taken public transport yeah, you and know. it can be fun to, like, go a different route sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess another one is hybrid cars, as, as Lydia mentioned and you mentioned earlier. Um, I think that's a that's a huge opportunity. And, yeah. you know, as we're, we're kind of moving towards a more hybrid lifestyle, I think that's mm. what we're going to see, the, hopefully, all of the cars on the street being hybrids yeah. eventually. I hope so. Um, great should we dive into our challenge yes um so shall i go first yeah i I didn't really have one so i think you can kind of take this one (laughs) yeah so um i'm going on holiday as i said in november i'm flying to krakow is that how you say it krakow yeah in poland um and I looked in, I was like, right, how much does it cost? And what is the actual impact of this flight? Because I've never looked at that before. Um, and so it turns out that for a round trip, my flights would um, produce about a hun- um, half a ton of carbon oxide, dioxide. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess how much that is? to offset i mean no idea a lot 13 pounds it's pretty good that's really good um but like funny enough actually on this topic there was somebody from work who was asking about how to offset because um a friend of mine she's going to greenland and she's like i don't want to go all the way to greenland and not be able to offset what i'm doing but there's so many articles out there telling you what's good and what's bad with offsetting like it is a like very very complicated topic to actually decipher and it makes it impossible because like from doing the kind of reading and the research 
there's there's some offsetting schemes that are pretty highly criticized for either you know displacing people to create big monocultures or um, having wind and solar power projects that that necessarily aren't great on a, a community um, mm. or different trips that might not necessarily be the most sustainable. However, there are so many that are out there that are actually you know doing great things but you just need to kind of find what matters to you so there are a lot of pluses and minuses on some of these schemes but before you kind of commit to one just do some of the research and they Mm. they typically say um you know tree planting is like money that goes straight from your say 13 pounds if those 13 pounds is going straight to planting trees great some companies take a big cut of that like 50 percent. so it's only like you know a few pounds going to tree planting so just you know read some of the the fine print and i'll i'll share a pretty interesting article i read um on this point that Mm. kind of like puts the pluses and minuses of like the top eight right um that's good so you can definitely pick what what matters to you some people like want it to go to a social impact thing some people want it to do yeah Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Um, I guess on the challenge. Yeah, like, I guess what did you think of when you were thinking about your transport and how yeah. you use it I, and what you could do? I guess on my commute, one of the things that, that stuck with me, because, you know, walking to work would be quite a, a trek and that would be the most the, the alternative cycling another one but I feel like I'm too incompetent and mm. might not be able to do that so I do do think you know cycling maybe I'll try to get more confident on a bike in central London and, and try to do that more but I think a quick one for me um is going to be to try to to work from home where possible um mm. Not every day because I I really do enjoy working with the team. Um, But, you know, if I don't need to be in the office and if I don't have meetings, maybe working from home or walking to a local coffee shop or or changing it up a bit. um, Mm. Things like that can actually make a big impact. Yeah, Uh, that's good. And just being aware. I think, you know, we we move quite a bit um but trying to optimize things so say if you know we were saying you know we're meeting with our friends later on this Mm. week maybe doing that in a convenient location for everyone so it's avoiding more routes and thinking that as a sustainable location versus right rather than somewhere miles away from everyone or yeah like oh we all need to get a tube to get to this location versus Mm. oh this is actually walkable for three of ten of us let's Mm. do that yeah yeah that's a good one um I think for me something that I've noticed is work trips as as we've Mm -hmm. said um so there's a couple of occasions where I've had to go all over the country within like a month to Mm -hmm. do like site visits to different places and we kind of didn't really consider um whether I fly or take the train to those those things to those visits or um we didn't consider like the order in which we did them to kind mm-hmm. of like maximize the efficiency of how we of, of the journey length yeah so I think we're, we're now planning a new a new thing like that so we're going to go all around the country to do some visits and I think when we do that 
this time I'm going to think more about how sustainability to side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because and just like it's time effective. It's, yeah, you know, it doesn't take any more time out of my planning. It, it's just something I'd be doing anyway. So why not make it sustainable? And even if a route is an hour longer on a bus, yeah. for instance, Who work cares? on the bus, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not like you're wasting time. Um, well, with that said, let's wrap up this very, very riveting, you know, interesting <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Do let us know, you know, what your transportation thoughts are, if there's any quick wins you have, carpooling, uh, yeah. working from home, whatever those kind of things are. Yeah. Definitely let us know. Um, and again, as always, you can email us at hello at podcast switch. Please, um, as usual, share this episode to anyone that you think would find it useful. Rate, yeah. review, subscribe, all those wonderful things. Yeah, please do. And um, also we've got um, social media handles at podcast switch. And stay tuned for our next episode. Great. See you later. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh.